We encounter toxins every day living in today's world. From air and water pollution to pesticides and the like, one quickly realizes that in order to stay in tip-top health, we must make detoxing a daily practice. The trouble is that it can be hard to find an efficient, gentle, and affordable product that can do just that, unless you know about Shilajit. Shilajit is a natural resin that melts easily into hot substances, turning any cup of coffee, tea, or even hot water into a naturally healing and detoxing drink. If you're interested in helping your body cleanse, heal, and renew on a cellular level, head to naturalshilajit.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T dot com. And use my code MACG, that's M-A-C-G, to save 10% on your order today. Move beyond surviving and start thriving with natural Sheila Jeet. Hello, hello. It is 1.23 a.m. and I am recording this episode late. Why do I mention this? It's late like every week. Why am I mentioning it this time? Because I've had some breakthroughs. And funny enough, they have a lot to do with my authority and my design. And part of it being that hopefully uh, as we go on, this podcast is actually going to regulate due to the decisions that I've been making. So for uh, hopefully one of the last times, it is late. I am going to be aiming to release this podcast on Mondays. So you get your info on Mondays for your morning commute and whatever else you're doing about your life. Now, without further ado, let's get to what we're actually talking about. If you have been listening to this season, we're talking about human design. We're talking about a science of differentiation, a language of differentiation that allows us to actually read the instruction manuals to our bodies. That allows us to actually know how we are meant to function. And this is not a homogenized solution. As you all know, everyone has a unique body graph, human design body graph. And in that body graph is all the information you will, nev- you will ever need to know how to interact with that person via what is their design, via what they are meant to be influenced by, and the like. Now, I don't want to go too deep into this. If you guys want to hear a little bit about the intro and everything, how we got this far into this episode on manifestors and reflectors, if you don't even know what that is, I suggest heading to to the beginning of this season, starting it over, and listening up until now. Now, the four types are the foundation of human design, right? And we talked about generators and projectors, and then we talked about kind of the terms that I've been using in that type interlude episode of last week. The terms such as strategy, authority, emotional signature, aura, not self-theme. And hopefully you guys did listen to last week's episode because it did help clear up a lot of the vocabulary. I've found myself having to repeat myself in my life with people that, um, understandably so, haven't quite absorbed the different ways that we are using these words in human design yet. And so I felt it was very important to do that type interlude episode so that you guys could get more familiar with this language. Now, 
In this episode, we're going to be talking about manifestors and reflectors. Let me just take off this bracelet because it's making some noise. There we go. We're going to be talking about manifestors and reflectors. Now, why did I choose to put manifestors and reflectors together? You see, oftentimes in human design, uh, we teach about manifestors and generators together and then reflectors and projectors together. The reason we do this is because generators and manifestors are energy types. We are here to move energy. And projectors and reflectors are non-energy types. They're more like here to receive and guide energy. Now, the reason I chose to put projectors and generators together is because they are meant to work together. The reason I chose to put manifestors and reflectors together is because they are similar to each other than they are similar. They are more similar to each other than they are similar to the other types. So if I were to put a, a manifestor and a generator next to each other or a manifestor and a projector next to each other, they wouldn't be able to relate to each other on the most basic level, which is type, anywhere nearly as well as if I were to put a reflector and a manifestor next to each other. And I'll explain why. Now, the types are based on aura. Let's start with the manifester. I am a manifester, by the way. Our aura is what um, we like to call all-enclosed and repelling. Notice I did not say repulsive. It's not about that. It's repelling. Just like a magnet repels its same polarity, That's what a manifesting aura or a manifestor aura does. It pushes against. Now, unlike the other types, the manifestor is meant to be the initiating force. They're meant to be the beginning of the chain of progress, so to speak. And the reflector is meant to be the end of the chain of progress, so to speak. I'll explain this. In a perfect world, the manifestor would initiate the project. This is a very objective way of speaking right now. The project could be anything. And a generator would provide the energy that would then be guided by a projector. And the reflector being the end of the line, well, quote, quote, the end of the line, depending on what line it is, more like a checkpoint, they would then sample out the results of this project and let us know how it's doing serve as a barometer is this working is this not what about it is working what about it is not right we talked about these types having a goal manifestors are here to know their impact on the other reflectors are here to know their environment Now, why did I compare these two? Why am I talking about them together? Because much like the aura of the manifestor that's a little bit enclosed, not a little bit, that's enclosed, so is the reflector aura. It is enclosed. But unlike the manifestor aura where it pushes back, it's more just holding up a little bit of a buffer, a little bit of a resistance to the world around it. And the reason for that is because reflectors just have no definition. And what that means is they don't have an inner authority. Now, I've kind of muddled the two together a little bit, and I want to separate them now that we've kind of compared them a little bit side by side. To be honest, I have a feeling that other than a manifester, a reflector is the only other type that can really 
see things from inside my aura. Um, that's not to say that other types can't empathize. Of course, of course they can. But by virtue of our experiences, reflectors and manifestors tend to have similar experiences when it comes to the outside world and being treated by the other types because we are inherently the minority, the minorities. Um, now let's begin with the the manifestor, the initiating force right? They have an all-enclosed and repelling aura. Their type goal is to know their impact on the other. What does that mean? Manifests are here to impact. They're not here to try to impact. They're not here to think of ways to impact. They are just here to impact. They just do. A manifestor walks into a room and everyone notices. A manifestor leaves a room and everyone notices. It doesn't matter whether that person made a peep whether they made a sound, whether they just sat there or chatted up the whole room, everyone will notice. And that's because they are here to impact the other. Part of their impact is the fact that their aura is closed. By having a closed off aura, no one really knows what's up with you. There's kind of a sense of mystery. There's also this kind of feeling that you can push obstacles out of the way via that repelling force of your aura. So oftentimes, what tends to happen is we tend to misjudge manifestors because we don't really know what's up with them. This is where their strategy really comes in handy. Now, unlike all the other types, the manifestor strategy is made up. I say that because when human design was in, not invented, but when it was discovered, and when we were given the tools to understand it, we realized, whoa, these manifestors are just initiating forces, and turns out we don't really need them to to initiate as abrasively as in the past when they were the kings and the queens and in fact a lot of the burden of moving humanity forward was on them um we've come to this place where manifestors need to have a place in the world but we can't control the world anymore which is to be honest fine by me <laughs> so we were given this strategy to inform but it's not natural to us it's not natural for a manifestor to want to inform people, and I'll tell you why. Because by virtue of our auras, how people can see in them, for the most of our lives, we've been controlled or people have attempted to control us. So our strategy of to inform, not ask permission, ask permission from the household when you're a child, yes, that will eventually turn into informing, we inform the people that are going to be impacted by our decisions so that by the time we make them and we follow through with them, those people aren't surprised that that decision was made and they're not surprised by the impact that it had because they were informed. This keeps us uh, moving along the world with the least amount of resistance. It kind of just lets the types know, hey, I'm not here to wreak havoc on your world. I'm just here to go about my day. This is how it's going to impact you, just so you know. And in that moment, we can actually interact with other types and, and the outside world without this kind of inherent suspicion. Um, now, the not-self theme right? That kind of theme that we get into uh, when we're not following our strategy and authorities, um, that is anger. For the manifester, it is anger. We get angry when people tell us what we can and can't do. We get angry when we're controlled. When we attempt to do something and people tell us, oh, don't do that, or don't do this, whatever. Now, the reason for that is because 
by virtue of being the initiating force, you see the manifesto, our strategy isn't to wait for anything. <laughs> our strategy is the only one that is not waiting for something. So by virtue of being the initiating forces, the universe will never really give us resistance. If I decide to quit my job and tell nobody today, the universe would support me. The people I would get resistance from are just that though, people. The people in my job that didn't know why I quit, the the you know, my family that didn't know why I quit my job, all this stuff. So informing just kind of takes all that resistance out and you're free to go about your life and do what you want. Now, most older manifestors who were not taught to ask permission as children have a hard time with their strategy and in turn meet a lot, a lot, a lot of resistance. Now, what happens if we do follow our strategy? What happens if we're seeking to really know our impact on the other and um, we've dealt with our anger and we're informing people and we're, we're following our authority as we're meant to? We encounter this insane amount of peace. And I've caught glimmers of it. I really have. And there's nothing like it. Just this this feeling of nothing's trying to hinder me right now. I can do whatever it is that I need to do. You see, the manifester is an acting agent in a world full of waiting people. <laughs> in a world full of waiters, basically, of people that are just waiting for something the projectors are waiting for the invitation the generators are waiting for something to respond to the reflectors are waiting for something to sample the manifester is a doer in the world of of waiters of meditators um and informing really releases the resistance so that we are free to do now that's not to say if you're a manifester there's no waiting there is always waiting and the waiting comes to act on your authority and and by acting with your authority and using your strategy. But keeping in mind that for the manifestor, the authority is the biggest thing. The strategy is only going to release resistance. But at the end of the day, your authority is the thing that's going to tell you what to do. It's going to give you the right decision. And then you inform that decision so that by the time it comes to execute it, you don't meet any resistance. And you can just go about your merry way and feel that sense of peace. And be aware too, by the way, manifestors, because we are so interested in knowing our impact on the other, we often forget that by working on ourselves deeply, we better our impact on the other. So remember to turn some of that energy towards yourself if you're a manifestor and really seek to understand your design. Now let's move on to reflectors. Reflectors, they are here, like I said, to be the barometers, their gift to the world. Oh, by the way, before I finish off on, before I start off on reflectors, I've been mentioning that each type has a gift to the world. The manifestor's gift to the world is initiation. The reflector's gift to the world is discernment, their particular discernment. You see, reflectors have no inner authority. Which means that if you're a reflector, your inner authority and your strategy is to wait a full lunar cycle in between your decisions. What does that mean? If I'm a reflector and I decide that I want to move to Aruba, then I am going to mold, mold that decision over for at least a full lunar cycle. The reason 
that we say a full lunar cycle is because in a lunar cycle, every lunar cycle, the same, um, uh, how do I say this? Every lunar cycle, every day, you have the same kinds of fluctuations of energies. So one lunar cycle, though it may not be the same as the next, is similar in vibrations. So if you wait a full lunar cycle, that means that you went through all the possible vibrations that you could have gone through with that decision. So you've seen every aspect of it. You've seen every facet of it. So that when it comes to making the decision itself, you've gone through the whole journey with it. Now, by virtue of not having an inner authority, what that means is that reflectors are literally being influenced by their world all the time, which means that environment is the biggest thing for reflectors. They must be in the correct environment. And if they're not, then their lives are going to be complete and utter hell. They are here to know the environment, how the generator is here to know the other, the I'm sorry, the generator is here to know themselves, the projector is here to know the other, the manifestor is here to know their impact on the other, the reflector is here to know their environment. And when they are not following this strategy of waiting on a lunar cycle and really exploring all the ways that they can be influenced during that lunar cycle, they often end up disappointed That's their not-self theme. They often end up disappointed. And I'll I'll tell you what, by kind of going back, I realize I didn't really talk much about the aura. The reflector has this enclosed sampling aura. It's not shut off from the world like the manifestor in a way that it's a bubble, that it's a shell. But rather, it's got this kind of like thick layer of resistance and the reason for that is because the reflector is highly influenced at all times because they have activations which by the way this is not something i've gone into this season activations um but what that means is they do have some sort of definition like a reflector isn't just a mirror that turns into every person that comes in contact with them or her It's more like they have parts of them that are set, parts of them that are really them that they can rely upon, but they are very few and far between compared to the rest of us. So they're actually highly influenced in pretty much everywhere. And so by having a a little bit of resistance in their aura, they kind of have a little bit of time before they sample whatever is coming into contact with them be it the environment or people or experiences, whatever. Now, when they don't follow their strategy of waiting in lunar cycle and going through the the influencing and whatnot, they end up disappointed. Um, Because, I mean, I'm not a reflector, but perhaps, you know, by making a decision prematurely, they, they kind of attach to an idea of what it might be. Instead of being able to explore all of the ideas that it might be. So then whatever it is, they are surprised. And that is their positive emotional signature is surprise. 
when a reflector really allows themselves to go through the entire lunar cycle and even longer multiple lunar cycles for the big big decisions in life um they literally allow themselves to see every possible option and in seeing every possible option it's almost like they create the element of surprise because they know everything that could possibly happen but they don't know what is going to happen um so that's kind of what i have to say it's a 20 minute episode it's been a little long i appreciate you guys sticking with me through this and if you have any questions please send them my way I'm on Instagram at Mac Guerrero at Crystalline Raven. I have two accounts. Um, you can also email me MacGuerrero14 at gmail.com. Just search how to spell my name here on the podcast. And I hope this was clear. I know this was a little bit more of a chaotic episode. I find it really hard to talk about manifestors because I am one. Um, and there's a big... Um, there's a big place inside of me that really wants the rest of the world to understand this um, because I feel like we're the hardest to understand. And so maybe if I went on a little bit more about manifestors than I did about reflectors and, you know, if, if you felt like you were shorted on reflector knowledge, <laughs> please um, feel free to reach out. And I would love to do like a little amendment episode where I talk a little bit more about reflectors. But I think I covered pretty much everything evenly. Let me know. I love you. Thank you for listening. And till next week, Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of High Vibrations with Mac. If you like what you heard, make sure to click subscribe for future episodes. You can also follow me on social media by searching at Mac Guerrero on all major platforms. That's M-A-C-G-U-E-R-R-E-I. R-O. But to be honest, the most appreciated act of all would be a review right here on this podcast. And if you would like to take a screenshot and send it to me over direct messenger on Instagram, I would love to send you a personal thank you video. Thanks so much. And I'm so excited to catch you again next week.